Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Friday episode of Flippin' Bats. We got so much good stuff coming at you. Tale of the Tape, the best weekend series out there. We got Panic or Patience, where we're going to give about five teams and say whether it's time to panic or be patient. And, of course, things that make you go, hmm, as well as some Julio Rodriguez struggles to start the year. This one's going to be a blast. Let's get to it. What is up, my <laughs> friends? Happy Friday. Alex, I got a question for you. If, when you look at me, do you notice anything different? Howdy, partner, buddy. Ben. <laughs> I couldn't look at you through the whole open. I, If you're... If you're listening and not watching, uh, Ben is wearing a cowboy hat, but it, it looks like a little kid cowboy hat that's just a bit too small for his head. Um, <laughs> Explain, why are you wearing so this? So I, um, our fantasy baseball league, um, the punishment for the week if you come in last place is you have to wear this for a day. Um, and shout out to John Marcus, director. Uh, I was playing against him, the director of the show, and he beat me and I came in last place. So uh, it is, I'm doing my due diligence and, and wearing the hat as I am supposed to. And uh, yeah, I was, my team's, I was in first place when this happened and, and I came in dead last. So uh, he told me in my ear, you might have to do this again. Are you in last place again? No, no, no I'm winning. I'm fine. Oh, okay. I'm fine. Uh -huh. um, Maybe. But yeah, that's, that's the reasoning for this. And uh, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to. Yeah. So you could notice is what you're saying. I uh, just a little bit. Just, just a tad bit. I literally had my hand up like this during your whole like show open. So I was like, "Don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't do it. You can, you can hold it together. No, you yep. can't, Curry. No, you can't." Yep. So that's the reasoning for this. But it's Friday, uh, and it's also like it's you know, yeah. Nothing says fun Friday like fun a Friday. Cowboy I like it. Hat, I like know? it. Power Hour Friday. Let's uh, go. Yeah. Well. Okay. But. And it's done. Yeah. You did it. Did nice it. job. Your Thank hair is you. eh, questionable. But that's okay. Thank you. You can get it together. Uh, someone who has not gotten it together yet. Yep. Julio Rodriguez. Let, let's dive into J-Rod. Uh, yeah, it's been a very, very tough start for the year for Julio Rodriguez. And, you know, I, I was hesitant to even, even talk about this at a certain point because when his career started last year, right, he was fine. Yeah. Like, he, he was fine at first and then really struggled. But now we're seeing Julio fall – 
to the 200 mark. He's down around the Mendoza line. He fell in the lineup from leadoff to sixth in the lineup. Um, so from what we saw last year from struggles for like a couple weeks to start the year is now struggles over a month and a half of a season. And I, I really did some deep diving into what this could be from. Like, why, why is he struggling? What is going on here? Because he's way too talented of a player. And what I found is a couple things that were interesting. Last year, through the first couple months of the year, um, he had an average exit velo of 91.5. This year, it's 91.1, right? Around the same. Exit velo, average exit velo comes from um, just, you know, every, every ball you put into play, how hard you're hitting the ball on average. 45% hard hit rate last year uh, compared to 45 this year. So to me, the hard contact is still there. The difference comes down to plate discipline. That's where we're seeing the massive, massive difference with Julio so far this year. His previous high for strikeouts in a month was 31 done in June of last season. That was only one month there's only one month he struck out more than 30 times. This month, in the month of May, he's on pace to strike out over 40 times. Mm. He had 31 strikeouts in the month of April, so that broke his record of all last year. And in the month of May, he's batting .091. Oof. He had never hit below 280 in a month, but did that in April, and so far in May this season, 091. So... The problem for Julio right now is plate discipline. Now, why does that happen? Well, pressure. Putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Let's step back to the offseason. New massive contract where he was tabbed to not only be the face of the Seattle Mariners, but the face of Seattle, all Seattle sports. This guy's becoming a superstar there and was given this contract which comes with so much pressure that you obviously put on yourself because you want to do well by the organization and the people that believe in you. So I, I, I truly believe to start this year, we're seeing a lot of struggles from Julio because he's chasing a lot of pitchers because he's putting too much pressure on himself when really all Julio needs to do is be Julio. He is one of the best players in baseball and becoming a face of this game because he's just himself. He doesn't need to do more than he did last year. He needs to do exactly what he did last year, and he will be okay. I just think so far to start the year, he's putting too much pressure on himself. And I think maybe dropping him down in the lineup to the sixth spot, as we've seen, uh, we're seeing today and, and the last couple of nights, uh, will be hopefully beneficial for him. I think people forget from time to time, especially with these young superstars, they're human. And they are young kids. And yes, okay, you can have a great big moment in your rookie season, your breakout season, whatever it may be. But then you have to remember, oh, I got, I got to maintain that. I got, I got to keep that up. And you're still human. You still have all the different feelings of excitement, nerves, everything that comes along, the pressure, as you mentioned, of being not only the face of a franchise, but the face of a city and possibly the face of the league, which was also yeah. the talk of everything, especially when you have such an incredible what do they call it? Like the the sophomore slump, which yeah. it, it's a very common thing. Like rookie year, incredible, right out of the gates. This is a very common thing. Personally, I I don't think there's a need to panic. It's still very early in the season, um, but yeah, it's a little a little concerning. But they're taking the right steps. Move them down, move them down in the lineup. 
take the pressure off and just figure out what he needs to do. And players do like really weird things like try to snap out of these yeah. little streaks. Yeah, like I told a story the last week. We- yeah, the <laughs> weirdest things. Whatever it takes, you just whatever he needs to do, just it's a, it's a mental thing at this point. I we also need to remember that he is 22. That's what I'm saying. He is a young old. kid. 20 He's a young kid. 22 years old. By the way, speaking of players doing funky things to get yep. out of you remember the story I told last about week about thong? a teammate of mine putting on a pink thong to get out of yep. a stretch. I got so many comments like, you were that teammate, weren't ah. you? <laughs> I was like, no, I swear to God, it was not me. Prove it. But uh, I think Julio will be okay. And yeah. just the problem here is I think he's putting too much pressure on himself. Yeah. So no need to panic, which now leads us to our next segment, Panic or Patience? Where Ben, I'm going to give you a couple different teams, and you're going to tell me, are we hitting the panic button or slow your roll? Like, be patient. Okay. Everything's going to be okay. All right? Our first team, Julio's team, the Mariners. Are we hitting the panic button or are we being patient? Okay, so I am I'm not hitting the panic button on Julio. Yeah. But I am on this team. Ooh. I think a lot of the additions that this team made haven't worked very well. And this isn't even we can talk about Robbie Ray and how he was supposed to be a big part of the rotation and is now going to miss the entire season the entire season unfortunately. Um but AJ Pollock who was brought in to be an important platoon guy at minimum for this team is batting 138 on the year. Teoscar Hernandez batting 215. Then you have Julio who I said I'm not worried about but right now hitting 205. I am worried. I'm worried because the reason I was a huge believer in this team is because of the pitching staff. And then you lose Robbie Ray and it, it gets a little more questionable. And I, I am, I'm really struggling to come around on this offense. I mean, you have guys that you brought in to, to really bolster the offense, but were they the right pieces? I, I didn't know from the beginning. If I didn't know from the beginning of this season, if they did enough in the off season to capitalize on being one of the best young exciting teams in the game of baseball and then look at where they are right now they're in fourth place in the al west yep with getting contribution from jared kelenic that you didn't think i mean he's been one of the best players in baseball this year are you going to get that all year long he's been a savior for this team to start the year can you count on him all year long i don't know probably not to be as good as he's been all year long because he's been unbelievable I am panicking a little bit with this Mariners team um, for all of those reasons. Yeah, as you mentioned, being fourth in the AL West right now is really tough. When you have the Rangers playing as great as they are, Angels are doing everything they can to be in contention by the trade deadlines. You know they're going to be pushing. And then the Astros haven't been playing their best baseball. They're in third place. You know they're going to figure it out and come back and be great as well. So they have a a steep hill to climb if they want to be in contention and and make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Speaking of the the Angels being in contention at the trade deadline, I I saw something uh, Thursday that said, there was a report that came out that said, the Angels have to have a complete collapse to even consider trading Shohei. So by all accounts, um, yeah, but yeah. a complete collapse. I mean, they'd have to be like 20 games out of it, but okay. we'll see. We'll see. Okay, moving on to our next team. Yep. In the same division, in the AOS, the Houston Astros. You hitting the panic button or just be patient? Uh, so with the Astros, I'll say be patient. They're also right around the 500 mark, uh, 19 and 18. 
But th- here's the reason I'm not panicking yet. And and there are reasons to panic, obviously. Luis Garcia out for the year with Tommy John. Uh, what is going on with Lance McCullers? Will, what's his deal? Some question marks there. However, the Astros are notoriously slow starters throughout this entire stretch of them turning into a potential, if not already, dynasty. Um, you have Jose Altuve, who hasn't played a game this year, who will be coming back uh, at the you know, fairly soon. I think within a month he should be on his comeback trail. Uh, Michael Brantley will be back. I know he had a brief little, I think they shut him down on his rehab stint, but I don't think that's a huge cause for concern. Apparently he's, it's just like a little pause. So Michael Brantley, there are question marks again with Jose Abreu, who was the big signing, who does not have a home run yet this year, who's batting 218 with not a single home run. That's a problem, especially frustrating when you look around and the guy that you you replaced him, the guy that you replaced in Yuli Gurriel is hitting 256 with three homers. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying not patient or be patient because Framber Valdez in that rotation, Hunter Brown has been really good as well. Uh, Christian Javier is a potential ace of a staff at some point. Pitching rotation, fine. Offense will be fine, and they're only going to continue to get healthier on top of them notoriously being slow starters. So I'll say be patient with the Astros. All right, next team, the Cleveland Guardians. You hitting the panic button or be patient? Oh, I'm panicking with them. Yeah. I mean, it's been historically bad offensively. Just the ninth team since the year 2000 to have a 325 slugging percentage through the first 37 games of the year. They are dead last offensively in runs, homers, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, dead last in all of those. I'm very concerned about this Guardians team, and I don't see how you can't be hitting the panic button because the offense has been absolutely abysmal. So panic for the Guardians. All right. Moving to New York, the Mets. Panic or patience? I'm panicking if I'm the Mets as well. Um, Right around the 500 mark, they've been dealing with injuries all year long. Max Scherzer has been dealing with either pitching and not doing well or injuries getting scratched in his last start. There's been a couple of different injuries, all which could be hindering him on the mound when he does pitch. Uh, The offense is clearly missing a bat. They're, they're missing a bat. And Steve Cohen knew as much when he went to sign Carlos Correa, said, we need another bat. Well, they're clearly missing it. So there's been talks, finally. I was very, very vocal about the Mets needing to call up their young guys. They call up Brett Beatty, and he's been very good. I also said they need to call up Ronnie Mauricio, and they need to switch his position and let him play somewhere else because Lindor is obviously going to play shortstop. Well, guess what? They did that. He's now playing another position in the minors, and all talks are that Ronnie Mauricio could get called up here within the coming days even. So to me, that screams they're hitting the panic button. What do we do offensively? We're reaching. We have nothing. We're really, really struggling. They're getting outscored in the first inning of games this year, 34-9. to And with an offense that's struggling and a team that's supposed to be built around pitching that has a lot of injuries on the pitching side, starting a game from behind is very difficult for them. So they have a lot of holes, health being one of them, pitching-wise. Obviously, Justin has come back and has put together one good start and one very good start. That's big for them. They need to get healthier in the pitching rotation. 
And offensively, I think it's time to keep calling up the young guys because the current status quo of the offense has not been working for the New York Mets. All right, staying in New York, the New York Yankees. Are we panicking or just be patient? I think this one's going to surprise some people. I am panicking with the New York Yankees. Now, their record says fine, right? They're in fine I mean, they're in last place in the East. Yes. However... Okay. But that's why. Record, yeah. Record-wise, they'd be in first place in the but AL Central. But they're in Central. probably the toughest division with Tampa, Baltimore, Boston, the Blue Jays, and then the Yankees. As much as Yankees fans don't want to admit it, I think they will admit the Rays are the real deal. Yeah. You don't want to admit it, but the Jays are the real deal. And you also don't want to admit it, but the Baltimore Orioles are the real deal. So you, you And the Red Sox have been a surprise so far. Do I think the Red Sox make the playoffs? I I do not, but I could be wrong there because they're playing good. So you have all of these teams to jump on top of the team not playing very well. Obviously, Aaron Judge just came back, but they ran into the Oakland days that they desperately needed to play, took care of business there. But the reason I'm panicking, they're in the bottom half of the league and both batting average and OPS offensively has been a struggle for them. The Carlos Rodon situation is just a head-scratcher. What is going on? He resumed his throwing activities and then was again shut down, got a cortisone shot, and now there's no timetable for him to return. There was apparently – it was said that there was no pain, but he was just dealing with not feeling exactly right. But to me, a cortisone shot says pain. There is pain there. But then he's dealing with these this injury with his back that he doesn't know what's going on there. They think it's chronic, like yeah. chronic pain. Right. So you're just living with that for your life. So if you're just living with that, you gotta, like, you you're you ha- you have to start this process of learning how to pitch with it. Yeah, you gotta which deal I can't with it. Imagine. Maintain and manage pain yeah. for the rest of your life. Which sounds horrible. Very difficult to do. Yeah. So I'm ho- like apparently his arm issue issue which arises in the off season or in spring training is better but now you're dealing with this when does he return nobody knows Nestor Cortez had so far this year a 4.74 ERA there are big concerns with this Yankees team and a lot are injury related yes but others aren't injury related and others are also schedule and division related they are in some trouble so I am panicking though their record is is pretty good right now all right and our final team in panic or be patient are the Philadelphia Phillies. What are you doing? I am being patient with the Phillies. They are finally starting to get a little more healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper just comes back. Offense is getting there. They're getting healthier this weekend with Ranger Suarez set to make his first start. That is huge for them. Alex, you and I saw in the postseason how huge of an oh, arm yeah. he is for that team. He adds much-needed depth to a rotation with Wheeler and Nola where they desperately need pitching and look I've watched a lot of Phillies games over the past week Craig Kimbrell looks really good the guy's throwing 99 now he's punching out guys he's finishing games for him am I a believer in Craig Kimbrell yet no but he does look a lot better there are reasons to be optimistic with this Phillies team Suarez coming back Harper being back the team getting healthier and uh, I am being patient right now with the Phillies. With their offense, they're capable of rattling off a huge win streak when they get hot. Which I feel like if we asked you this maybe three weeks ago, 
maybe would have been the other way around. But there really there has been a change. There yeah. has been a shift, which is nice to see. Yeah, Suarez Suarez coming back is very important, and they did. They've been your up and down for like I know. four times this year. They have their roller one coaster. Down, one up, one they're down. like they've had a roller coaster season. They've been like really great, and then it's like, and what's going on, Phillies? Yeah, and be I, better. I truly don't think this offense has scratched the surface of what they will be. I I do yeah. believe this is one of this is one of the best offenses in baseball. Marsh has like, like changed yet. his swing and approach, and yep. just has become this like incredible yep. offensive force. So patience with yes. the Phillies. Okay, I'm into that. You know what else I'm into? Things that make you go, hmm? Hmm. Yep. It's that time, my friends. So, uh, Alex, that was good. You're getting better with that. Thank you. Thank you. I feel good about it. (laughs) Our first one I love. Are you ready for this? For things that make you go, hmm. Mookie Betts opts to stay in an Airbnb over a haunted team hotel. Hmm. So, there are a a couple known known haunted hotels yep. that teams stay at in major league baseball one of them being milwaukee where the dodgers played over the last few days and mookie betts rented out an airbnb just so that he would not have to stay in that hotel now what he said about it i think makes it even more interesting he basically said well i don't believe in ghosts but i don't want to find out that they are <laughs> real which is just a great line yeah Yeah, I'm going to tell you. So as you mentioned, there are some very well-known haunted hotels throughout Major League Baseball that teams stay in. One of them being in St. Pete when you play the Rays, the pink hotel. And I was on the road and I was being told about the haunted floor and rooms. And there's a wing that's haunted. Yeah, that's at this hotel. As I'm checking in and picking up my key, everyone's kind of like laughing and joking. They put me in the haunted section. I believe in ghosts. I have seen things. I, I'm like totally like I was having like a full-blown meltdown at the reception just being like in tears. Like, I won't sleep. You have to change my room, please. Is there anything we can do to change my room? Like, I'm not – I can't do this. I won't sleep. And I – like you – players talk about hearing like noises in the middle of the night, lights going on and off. Like, it is a full thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, great quote. Not staying there. Don't believe in ghosts, yeah. but don't want to find out about them either, yeah. so I'll stay at an Airbnb. Yeah, that's hmm. a, hmm. Yeah. Good work. I would have done the same thing if I could. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, moving on to our next things that make you go, hmm? Oriole City Connect jerseys were leaked, Ben. Yeah, and they're awful. I mean, they're just boring. Major WBC Great Britain vibes. Yeah, so... This is just a leak, so maybe it's not them, or maybe they'll see the public backlash and say, we got to change this up, but I do believe it is because of the collar on the uniform. I, uh. I think this is it. And it's just all black with block lettering, and then like a, just the collar is like an orange and white grid-type feel to it. But there's been so many good City Connects, and I was so hopeful for the Orioles just because I love the color scheme, yeah. the black and the orange. And then these leaked, and it just—it's not it. Yeah, it could have done so much more. It sort of had me like, it. hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to our next. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I don't even know how to do this one. But do getting hit where it hurts, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so, was that a good? So, Akil Badu, uh, yes. So, this was unlike anything I've ever seen before. You've seen players get hit where it hurts in baseball and sports many times, but I've never seen it happen like this. Akil Badu was stealing second base. Ball gets thrown down to second base. And it does not go in the glove of the guy covering. It goes right into the family jewels from Akil Badu. No glove, nothing stopping it. Just like a direct hit. 90 miles an hour, straight down, direct hit. And he goes down. And to add insult to injury, the ball, the ball, (laughs) the baseball. Yep hit him and bounces into the glove of the defender and he's tagged out all in one fell swoop. Oh, that was just brutal. Yeah. That was brutal. Yeah. Okay. Two balls, one strike, if you will. Nice. Thanks. Our next things that make you go, hmm? A questionable call on Yankees home run. Yeah, I don't think this was even questionable. I think this was the wrong call. Mm. And it sort of goes back to the conversation that uh, I had earlier this week in Honesty Hour, where replay needs a new uh, – an overhaul. So what happened in this game, Yankees hit a ball to the short porch in right field. Athletics defender goes back to the track, jumps up, and it's a ball that his glove was perfectly aligned to catch. And where was it going to hit? Well, we don't know, which adds to the entire point here. Was it going to hit the top of the wall? Was it going to go over the wall? Well, he was perfectly lined up to catch it wherever it was going to land. But a fan reached over the wall, clearly over, caught the ball. It went to replay, and the call on the field stands. Like, their gloves touched. If that's not an indication enough of that like he was over the wall, their gloves literally touched. Yeah. I don't I don't understand. I, I, I as I said Tuesday, I get yeah. frustrated with the call on the field stands being used as a crutch. Make a decision. Yeah. Was it fan interference or not? And I think you could heavily lean here. Can you say for one hundred percent from the angles we got that he was over the fence or one hundred percent? Maybe it's ninety nine percent, but saying call on the field stands when it clearly looks like it. It was just it's it's not right to me. So yep. yeah, that one had me going. Hmm. hmm. Okay. Our final things that make you go. Hmm. Casey Schmidt missed his call up to the big leagues. Yeah, this was. <laughs> yeah, this, this is good. Was great. So Casey Schmidt had an awesome debut. Yes. By the way, ends up getting the call up to the big leagues in his MLB debut. Hits a home run at home, San Francisco, deep deep left center field. His family was in the stands going insane. It was an awesome moment, and I was so happy to see him. I I love these things. I love these call-ups and the family being in the stands and having a great showing on the opening – or a great showing on your first performance. And I love hearing about the call-up stories and getting video of them. However, (laughs) however, Casey Schmidt's call-up story got a little more interesting because he missed the call. He talked about it post-game. Let's listen to that now. Where were you when you got the call? It's a funny story. I was actually uh, 
I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. In the theater? Yes. Yeah, I was in the theater. And you had your phone and, uh, on? Well, good thing you had Mondays your phone on. Mondays are off. No, okay. I, I missed the first call. Oh, oh no! <laughs> no, no! I know. I, I was unbelievable. But, yeah, I missed I missed the first one. Then he, then, uh, then Brandy called uh, uh, our manager in Sacramento, called like five minutes later, and I saw it, and I... I, I went out to answer it. It was, it was during like the ending credits, so it was uh, the movie was already over. <laughs> I love him already. Yeah, I, I'm a big Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy fan. So yeah. I just love that he was in the middle of it. He's like, yeah, no, I missed it. I was, I was having a good time. I was watching the movie. Yeah, great story. And then he, <laughs> he finally got the second call five minutes later because the end credits were rolling. What if this was the beginning of the movie? He right. Never, I mean, he could have missed the opening. Missed, yeah. He could have missed, missed the, the flight, flight to get there. Hmm. Epic. <laughs> That was hilarious. Yep. Good for him. That, 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 that's a fun hmm. Yep. And that wraps up our things that make you go hmm. hmm. So know what we're doing now? We're going to move on to one of the best series we got this weekend. Yep. In our tale of the tape, we are going Braves against the Blue Jays. We are each going to pick who we think has a better offense, defense, manager, starters, and bullpen. Okay. Okay. So let's go. F let's start with offense. And Ben, you're going first. Who you got? I am going to take the two elite offenses yeah. here. I'm going to take the Atlanta Braves. I really like this Braves offense, and I think, I think they're firing on all cylinders a little more at the current moment. I think both offenses. There's an argument here, but with the way the Braves are playing, I will take them. And everybody feels like is hot in that lineup. And Ronald Acuna is the clear favorite right now for NL MVP. So. Sean Murphy, the names go on. I'll take the Braves. All right. We are on the exact same wavelength here. Okay. I am also taking the Braves. And my first note was clicking on all cylinders right now, <laughs> which is exactly what you had. They match their team's best 35-game start in franchise history. As you mentioned, Ronald Acuna Jr. is just locked in. Sean Murphy has been swinging the bat great. Olsen, Albies... Orlando is back. Like he's, I feel like he's going to pick it up soon. So, yeah, I... As you mentioned, both really strong offenses, but the Braves right now are just so locked in. All right, we're both on the Braves there. All right, uh, defense. defense, who you got? So I am going to take the Toronto Blue Jays here. Now, neither defense is playing very well this year. So the reason I went with the Jays is because I think they have the best defender on the field in Kevin Kiermeyer out in center field. But really, it's a toss-up here. Not great defenses, at least not playing not not playing great right now all around. But I went with the Jays because Kevin Kiermeyer is like elite out in center field. Okay, I I also went with the Jays. Oh boy, because um, again, pretty equal numbers right now on defense between the two teams. But if I'm putting them like name to name against each other. I'm picking Chapman at third, Boba Shed at shortstop, and Vladdy at first. So that, that I went with the Blue Jays for, for the infield. Okay. You went outfield. I went infield. True. Managers. Who are you uh, going with? Manager. I'm going to take the Braves and Brian Snitker here. Uh, it just more so like what has John Schneider done to prove that he's a better manager than a World Series winner and Brian Snitker. Um, and that's no discredit to John Schneider. He hasn't been bad ever since he's taken over in Toronto. Um, pretty good but Brian Snitker been there done that the old vet manager that has won and uh yeah so I'm, I'm gonna take him 
I also took Brian and the Braves. Okay. We are way too aligned right now. Um, I just like what he's done to this young Atlanta team. And he's really – he turned them into a, a World Series championship team, one of the best teams in baseball the last handful of years. Um, true competitor. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going Braves. Okay. We're neck and neck at this point. <laughs> okay. Moving on to starters. Who you got? Uh, starters, I am going to take here – the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh. Now, the Braves now have lost Max Freed for at least a couple months, I think. Two months is what they said. And hearing elbow, hearing forearm, hearing anything in, in this area, yeah. inflammation, strain. Makes you think Tommy John. Is very, very much so cause for concern and is the precursor for Tommy John. Now, I am not saying that he's going to need that. I'm just saying when the team immediately comes out and says he's going to be out for a couple months and then you hear the injury, uh, not good. And Max Reed is a huge part of that rotation. Uh, I, I'm taking the Blue Jays because, one, I think everybody in that rotation, Kikuchi's been un really, really good. Jose Barrios has been pitching better. Kevin Gosman, Alec Manoa so far hasn't really become Alec Manoa, but whole starting rotation – Top to bottom, I will take the Jays here because I feel like they're uh, healthier and in a little better shape right now. Well, thank God. We finally got one different. I am taking the Braves here. Okay. Now, although they took a big hit, obviously losing Max Freed for two months, um, they have Sean Murphy behind the plate who has been absolutely incredible with this entire rotation. And when you look at the probable starters for this series, Friday, Spencer Strider against Chris Bassett. I'm going to take Strider. So that's Braves there. All right. Then you look Saturday, Bryce Elder against Jose Brios. I'm going to take Bryce, who has the third best ERA in Major League Baseball right now. He's 3-0 with a 1.74 ERA. We don't know Sunday's starters, probable starters yet, but that's two out of three. I'm taking the Braves here. Okay. Yeah. That's the first one we differ. All right, last one. Bullpen here. I am going with the Atlanta Braves. Um Rysel Iglesias back has was great, arguably the best in baseball from when he came over to the Braves last year. Now he's back and healthy. I just I, I believe this this bullpen has so many good underrated names that they can throw out there. Nick Anderson, uh, AJ Minter, Jesse Chavez, who's not a guy that you, you would expect, but has been getting he's a veteran. Big out. He's been around the league. Colin McHugh getting big outs. So uh, I'm going with the Braves here in large part because I think. They have more arms out there. Jordan Romano, though good, has also been struggling of late, but they struggled to bridge the gap to him. I'll take the Braves. I'm also taking the Braves for all the names and reasons you just mentioned, but just to add to that, they have a better ERA than the Blue Jays. Uh, they have the fifth most strikeouts in Major League Baseball compared to the Jays that have the 17th. Um, and the fewest walks given up in Major League Baseball. Yeah. So they're just there's a little more locked in right yeah. now. Uh, all right, so no. I'm wager. for sure taking the Braves. No wager this week. I, yeah. I'm on the Braves too. Okay. So we're not on we're not on different sides here. Braves are playing like one of the best teams in baseball. So they are. Uh, that's our tale of the tape. Great weekend series. And before we finish up, Alex, a uh, little bit of an extra innings because speaking of closers, we just yeah. talked a good bit about bullpens. Kenley Jansen earns a historic save over the last couple of days career save number 400 by the way the guy is throwing absolute gas right now career resurgence he's been dominant but 
the reason this is extra innings is one because just a very good heartfelt story and a heartfelt interview after mm -hmm. which we have the sound for so let's play that now yeah my body's shaking right now man it's crazy Golly, i never thought i could do this you know i never thought you know my dream will be as a pitcher in the big leagues you know i always thought i wanted to make it as a catcher and golly you know great choice great choice how cool he's only the seventh pitcher in major league history to record 400 saves like wow. that in itself is incredible and another thing in another interview he mentioned how special it was that he kind of got to share that moment with Justin Turner someone who he began oh, yeah. his career with with the Dodgers and they just shared such an incredible embrace and moment of just like look where we started look where I'm at now, look what I was able to do. And I just, I'm, I'm such a big fan of Kenley Jansen, obviously a big part of the, the Dodgers and their yeah. success back in the day. And congrats. I, I, congrats. I think Kenley Jansen's career has been undervalued a bit. You know, just, I think everybody knows he's good, but seventh closer in history to reach the 400 save mark is truly, truly remarkable. And you could hear it in that post-game interview. Yeah. And it's interesting because when Kenley first came on the scene, it was as a catcher. And it's like the first time that people like knew it's the crazy name. crazy to think he about. He was behind home plate just throwing guys out at second and was nasty. But this group of closers that he is now a part of the 400 save club, mm -hmm. Mariana Rivera, Trevor Hoffman, Lee Smith, Francisco Rodriguez, John Franco, Billy Wagner, and Kenley Jansen. You have to put him up in, as one of the greatest closers of our time. Yep. Yeah. I agree. With these numbers. You okay? Oh. That close does it, it for close our it out, Friday buddy, episode, my friend. <laughs> the cowboy hat is back on. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Saturday with Smoltz will be on, you guessed it, Saturday, tomorrow. Make sure you check that out. A, a couple of great stories we talk a lot about tony gwynn and the quest for 400 and uh, he shares some great stories so thank you all for listening to this friday episode i hope everybody has a great weekend make sure you're subscribed following wherever you listen to flipping bats apple spotify wherever hit that subscribe button we're also on all social media twitter instagram facebook tiktok and you can watch every single episode as well on youtube at flipping bats pod for all of them. Have a great weekend, everyone. Until tomorrow, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.